Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I am Mark Tucker. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Good to have you back. How's it going, Mark? Yeah, it's going well. I don't know. I, I kind of want to do another one of those live sessions again. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. That was really fun. It's always really fun to take uh, take questions from people um, and talk about it and answer it and give our perspective. But yeah. it's funny. It, you know, it, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that. Because uh, even though we had kind of talked a little bit about what the what we were going to talk about tonight, um, part of the motivation why I suggested we talk about it tonight was recently I was part of a, an online uh, conversation, an online Q&A that had okay. a bunch of live questions uh, that came in. And that was really fun again. You know, it, yeah. it, it is fun to to engage with people. Um and that 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 Q and A session that I was part of was uh, was something that's done by um, the Google Developer Groups uh, North America called Between the Brackets. It's a monthly uh, session that they have with you know some experts, some Googlers, some GDEs, so forth. Okay. And the subject of this one was Google's uh, advanced head-mounted wearables, which is Ooh, you know okay. code name for glass. But they don't right. like using the term glass much anymore. So it's it's the all right. So there's there's the original Google Glass. So so there's uh the, the there there's the classic Google Glass, what was called uh, the Explorer Edition, and that's what I'm wearing now. This is my okay. Explorer Edition version. Um, that goes back, you know, nine or ten years at this point. Wow. Yeah, isn't it? It's, I mean, it was it was launched at I/O 2012, and uh, it first got into the hands of developers and users um, in uh, April or May of 2013. Mm -hmm. And developers, some developers got a sneak preview of it in, in January and February of, of 2013. So, um, you know, we're, we're coming up on, on, we're hitting the 10 year milestones now. Wow. I know. <laughs> but what's interesting is, you know, and it, it lasted a few years and then was discontinued um, with, you know, support, essentially killing support for it. Okay. And then a little bit later, they announced what they called Glass Enterprise Edition. And now they have something called uh, Glass Enterprise Version 2. And that's this model. All right. Um which uh you know it's it's similar in some ways you know you're can't you know it's superficially they look the same aside yeah. from the color yeah um but there are there are some real differences between the two which are both in in hardware and software which make it really really um interesting i guess is the best way i could put it well, the first comment I say, because you're saying it's coming up on 10 years, I'm used to devices like stop working after like four or five or six years, you know, the fact that it's still going. Um, the, the the fact that my Explorer edition is limping along is really yeah. a credit to something and I'm not sure what. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was I was thinking. And, most Most developers, most people who use glass or used glass um I talked about how its battery was uh, in terrible shape after just a couple of years 
and yeah. it barely held a charge. And I still get relatively decent battery life out of it. You know, I'm not doing huge amounts of stuff, but I'm still wearing it and it's still showing me the time and I still take pictures with it and so forth. But Enterprise Glass version two, it's interesting to see the lessons they learned. And I, I think I don't just I don't agree with all of the lessons that they learned, to be fair. Right. The biggest one, I think, is that their focus is on the enterprise at this point. You know, they are not looking at a consumer device. They are not looking at something that is really meant to be worn around all the time. So if I were to go out looking for Google Glass Enterprise, would I be able to find it and buy it by myself? It's not impossible. But, but it's not. Most, but it's not easy. It's not easy, um, and if you did, it's not really consumer friendly. Uh, it's mostly intended for um, for third parties to add their software into it and sell that as a, a new bundle. So, for example, they have uh, a partner with a medical company, which has designed versions of it for doctors to use as part of examining a patient. So as part of that, they can dictate their notes through glass. They can get a, a kind of a heads up glimpse at the patient notes that have been created in the past or what they're in for. And, and that company is the one that sells enterprise glass to doctors and hospitals and so forth. So um, I'm assuming it's, And it's, provides it's, support it's, and does all of the other stuff where yeah. Google's kind of way out of the picture so google provides the hardware and the platform of installing apps on it they even provide less than that oh um, they provide the hardware and a reference operating system implementation and okay. companies can just take that you know take that implementation put their own apps onto it and ship it or they can modify that reference implementation if necessary. Okay. So um, it's really the, so the, it's the, the specific purpose built solution that you can buy through that provider, the glasses, and it will include whatever it is and likely some sort of a subscription or something. To, however, you know, however yeah. the company chooses to, to provide support or whatever for it. So yeah. Um, but Google, let, let's put it this way. I have something that, that feels like it comes directly from Google. Google shipped it to, re, to me directly. I don't know how one would go about ordering it from Google. It's not like it's on the, the Google yeah. store or anything. Um, the, did they give you instructions on like the, the reference uh, operating system? Could you conceptually you know, like modify your own? Yes. With yes. stuff. In uh, in theory, I could take, you know, they they provide a system image and they provide, I believe it's they provide the source code for it even, since it's based on the Android open source platform. Okay. So, you know, they they provide all of that. So if I want to So you would to, use yeah, something I, like Java, right? To... It's yeah. Okay. Java and, and C. Okay. Um all right. and if I wanted to, yeah, I could take that and modify it and you know put the new image on my glass and hopefully I didn't just brick it or something. Yeah. Um, 
the, and Google also does provide a way to load in APKs, which are yep. the the app, you know, the the underlying structure for an app on Android. So there there is kind of a hacky way to do that, and they're promising less hacky ways to do that going forward. Okay. But you would have you you can just do a normal like app from a like an Android mobile app and have them running on glass. It would have to be like a special purpose built app. Yes. It just fact, happens are, to be packaged well, up in APKs. And that actually gets to to some of the recent announcements, which are pretty cool. Oh, okay. All right. We'll get to that in a, so um correct. It, it, it's APK that's the format, but you can't just take a regular Android app and and toss it on there because it doesn't support a number of the libraries that people are very used to using. Probably doesn't have the juice to do it either. What was that? <laughs> Probably doesn't have the juice to do it either. No, or... it doesn't. You know, and, and that's reasonable. You know, yeah. you, I mean, it, it is powerful and it is well-tuned for what it does, but you don't want to run huge CPU intensive apps on it. And we'll right. get to that in a second. You're, we're, we're jumping ahead. No, I'm game. sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, just, no, no, no. It's fine. I'll let you go at your own pace here. No, 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 no. Because um, it directly ties into some of the recent announcements. So okay. recently they announced that there is an early access program they're rolling out for stuff that will be coming available over the next few months. Um, and in particular, there are three new features that are available to it. Um, all of them tied to a new app that you get to that you install on your phone. And it's been tested with a Pixel phone. They're not sure which of the features will and won't work with the Pixel, but some of them definitely won't. Um, and what this companion app does is it acts as a bridge between an app that is running on your phone and an app that is running on Glass. Oh, okay. So you can do some of the processing directly on Glass and offload some of the processing onto your phone, the companion phone with it. And so, so what is the, what is, sorry, I, I you keep going. I keep like, I keep it, interrupting because I'm like, what because it's exciting. Story? It is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, so this includes things, you know, the, the three major things that they're uh, rolled out initially is they are previously taking photos, left the photo sitting on glass and nowhere else. And now this will sync the photo to your phone where you can sync it to Google Plus. Uh, oh boy, they let you know how old that is. Um, you can sync it to Google Photos. Another feature that they have is uh, synchronization with Google Tasks. So you can uh, assign tasks from a desktop or from a mobile device, pick it up and manage it on your mobile device, but also see them directly on Glass. And check them off using glass and and that synchronizes to your phone. Um, okay. I was really excited about that one because that directly parallels the first app that I wrote for glass. That was the origin of Voodoo Drive was <laughs> that app. They finally caught up to you, huh? They finally, yeah, it only took them 10 years. Um, <laughs> and the third one, which I think a lot of people are going to be excited about is, you know, at IO, we saw this live translation where people were talking and Glass provided subcaptions translated, you know, a, a translated subcaption of what they, of what it heard. Okay. That's kind of aimed at their next generation device, but they were also able to do it for this device. And the translation most notably 
is handled on the Pixel's Tensor chip. Oh, okay. So, so instead the phone of, actually does the trans the translation with all of its power, right? And then it it it's uh, it's using the display on uh, glass to, to on show glass the to show it exactly. Hmm. And a that's really powerful, and B that starts getting into some of the things we've talked about in voice. That kind of aims for what where voice starts to play a role. Yeah, I was going to say we've been talking glass. a lot about glass, but where is voice? What does this have to do with voice devs? But I, but I have a couple of questions. Before we get, um, right, okay, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So um, what is the mechanism for communication between glass and your phone? Is it Wi-Fi? Is it through the cloud? Is it? It is not through the cloud. And that's really important to understand. It is okay. a direct connection using Wi-Fi direct. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. I was expecting Bluetooth, but apparently yeah. it is using Wi-Fi direct, which is pretty cool. Um, and this is where I think it starts getting really interesting. And again, where the voice first application starts coming in. So it's fine. Your phone is now talking to a glass, you know, your a head mounted display. Mm -hmm. What if that technology was also used to talk to some other kind of display? Like a display that may be sitting on your desktop and takes voice input and gives audio output. Ah, interesting. So your your smart displays, how could you Right. Does well, cause I, I could I could imagine, you know, you can look at your, you know, Google Hub or Nest Hub. What do they call it nowadays? Like Nest Home Hub, I believe. Those Nest Home Hub. You can look at that and you could say, "Oh, somebody's at the door and and access the the camera in your doorbell." What if you could live stream to your device what you were seeing through your glass? That's even funkier because you can live stream from this to Google Meet. In fact, at the Voice Summit mm -hmm. I was demonstrating that. But that's a big cloud back and forth. Yeah. What if you could do that directly using just local devices? That yeah. would be interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I know that's that sounds pretty but, cool. But also, even even ignoring the glass aspect of it, what if you use that same technology on the home hub? And mm. then when you asked it a question, it identified your voice, it knows who you are, and it routes that request to your phone. Oh, oh, I I like I like some things about that because then this whole context thing that we've been talking about is like this is my identity and this is this, these are my preferences and and kind of my my personality wallet. Right. Um, right or preference wallet. I don't know how you would call it. Um trademark both of those by the way. Um <laughs> that that um if that if your phone was was a player kind of in that ecosystem, then you could walk around with your personal profile and preferences and permissions to use those preferences exactly anywhere and, that you go. And even more, it's also directly talking to your phone and running the app on your phone. Yeah, and just displaying it on this local display. So if Ooh. you can kind of think of this, or one yeah. of the ways I kind of think of this is. Hmm. You know, we've thought for a long time about how, you know, using um, a phone or a desktop or 
a home or a, a smart display and it communicating with an app that's sitting in the cloud? What if instead of communicating with that app in the cloud, it's now communicating with that app on the phone? Yeah. That you now have a personal cloud network, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And your your phone is now replacing this cloud server for not all applications, certainly, yeah. but some applications. Yeah. And you know it can still make API calls out on the out on the cloud, but it's doing it with your identity. I don't know. That's what they're doing. I don't think you know. I don't oh, know, man. But I hope would, somebody at, at Google catches on to this. I hope be... so, because <laughs> that would take the you know that would take it from using a voice to launch an app, whatever, to using your voice on any local device to launch an app on your phone and use that device in the communication channel. Yeah. And that starts having massive, massive impacts of what you can do yeah. and how you can do it. That opens up a whole bunch of use cases that just aren't possible right now. Right. I mean, it also opens up use cases like, okay, I walk into a hotel room. I say, hello. Okay. It now says, well, I don't have this voice print on record. Let me go talk to any local devices to see if any of them do. Connects to your phone. And now you're talking to your hotel room, you're talking to your phone through your hotel room's display. Right. And then you can say, you know, play my music or whatever, and you can do any of the display or control things. And it's just communicating with your phone. It's, it's, or where appropriate, it's communicating with your phone. But at the very yeah, least, it's yeah. gotten identity and authorization from your phone. Yeah. That. Yeah. That just opens up a lot of things that you can do with your voice. And it you know it lets us have inexpensive desktop smart display uh, devices that are using the much more expensive mobile device, yeah, in an appropriate way. yeah, it, you, you don't have to um, you know people are going to update phones over time anyway. and it it saves them it saves saves some of the cost and work in having to update smart displays um you know with more power more and more powerful hardware to handle different cases if you, you can keep them relatively you know it's got a mic and it and it's got a display and it's got some processing but it's and it's got network you know connectivity and communications but it doesn't have to keep pace per se with all the heavy processing um, right. that you could you could handle with, with your phone. I think the other interesting angle to this that I think about is it means that your phone can operate with the screen off. Yes. And, and the screen is the biggest battery suck on mobile devices. That's true. And 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 you know, and like the the kind of the cell of voice early on, especially was like Oh, it's a lot faster to just speak and talk to your smart speaker device as opposed to get, find my phone, pulling pull out, out your phone, unlocking it, and da, 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 find the app. Da, 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 da. Um, so you still have the immediacy of having these devices because you know they'll become more and more ubiquitous, but you can also have the 
all the security that goes along with having something on your phone because you can control permissions and what has access to you know what but it's just it can use that processing power that's in your pocket exactly and again i don't know if that's what any i don't know if anybody else has thought about this but i certainly am encouraged by the fact that where glass is going is to begin to encourage developers to think in in terms of this split operation yeah where you got a device that's doing some processing talking locally to your phone yep and you know and replace device that you know pro does some processing <laughs> locally with whatever it could be right. google glass it could be a smart speaker it could be a smart display it could be right oh yeah you know, I yeah. think that, and I think that's a really exciting notion. Yeah, yeah, no, that is. But you know, but even if it's not what they've got on their immediate roadmap, it's what Glass has on their immediate roadmap. Yeah. So there's going to be a subset of developers which will start to use it to figure out the problems, to iron out some of the bugs, identify the the additional things that it needs to do that weren't thought of initially, so that at some point down the road it makes that transition for other devices even easier. And and to be also to be clear, that communication channel as developers we don't need to we won't need to worry about it. Yeah. You know, the yeah. the the software, you know, their software, <laughs> the glass software on your phone will take care of that channel. Yeah. You will, you know, there's a little bit that you'll need to add to a standard app and a little bit that you'll need to add to the the glass app but for the most part it will work very transparently yeah and cool if that works well that sets a model for how it can be applied in other domains so yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see what see how that's going to work and see how you know the best places to do it it's interesting because we've talked about glass has been around for 10 years and in some ways it was cutting edge and then it kind of moved to the background and now that has the potential of kind of spurring innovation and, and you know, be back on the cutting edge again. Yeah. I think one of the, the other, um, the cautionary tale though, when it comes to yeah. voice and there is a cautionary tale when it comes to voice is that this model is actually one of the great things about this model is that I could wake it up by saying, by literally saying something like, okay, glass, take a picture. And it would take a picture. This model doesn't have it. Yeah. It does not have voice commands at all right now. Doesn't have voice wake words, doesn't have hot words. Everything is touch controlled. And when, when talking about why, Google is taking the attitude of one of the things they saw was there were problems with voice. The the audio, you know, the microphones in this would pick up a lot of extraneous noise. Yeah. Um, it didn't wasn't always great at hot word detection. People would frequently do audio sniping, so they'd walk by and say, "Okay, glass, take a picture," or "Okay, glass," you know. So people who were walking by could trigger it. Yeah. And the things weren't quite capable to handle things as people expected. And there was a huge, huge privacy concern behind having a microphone that could pick up anything. 
Yeah. This model partly addresses that in a, you know, an upcoming uh, update. Whenever the microphone is live, there's going to be a green light on the front indicating that there's a, you know, that, uh, that there are privacy issues. That's interesting. I thought they would have picked like the red light that you would have, like, like on a, like a, a video camera or something. Apparently green is standard for something. I don't know what, but hmm. they chose green instead of red. Looking less like a Cyclops, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one thing that will be coming again, out of all the privacy concerns that are inherent in this kind of a device. Yeah. And then second is that they we are working, you know, they are using the lessons they've learned from building the Google Assistant and the Google Home and the Nest Hub to improve the audio detection. So it's harder for other people to go and say something that'll trigger it. You know, it, yeah. the, the OK glass or whatever it will be will be tuned to your voice just like um yep. AG is tuned to your voice on you know nest devices um okay. so you know that's an example where they've you know they've learned lessons in the past 10 years about what to avoid but also learned lessons in the past five years about how they can improve the technology to make it more personal yeah. So what you're, so I, I guess I was thinking, you know, back to uh, one of the things that we saw at the conference was the a, a bridge um, recording uh, technology, um, and there is an API actually to a bridge where you could upload audio and it will come send you back a annotated transcription with, you know, like medical words and you know. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, for that matter, names. for that matter, you know, in preparing the podcast every week, I prepare a transcript. Yeah. and subtitles and that's done with automatic transcription yeah so, so do you do you think glass is is ready to do that type of transcription like uh two or three people in a in a closed room let's put it this way brian ramel when i think it was the pixel 5 came out mm -hmm. the whichever pixel had the first tensor chip um it did live transcription on device and it did it very well. And Brian was doing some testing with it for medical purposes and his results claimed to be very good. Now imagine that you're going to have that same tensor chip or the next generation tensor chip with the pixel seven yeah. doing that translation, but getting its input from glass or getting its input from earbuds and microphone you know yeah. it doesn't need to be head mounted the same way we've got other head mounted you know we've got other devices that'll work with as well yeah so i think there's potential there okay um and actually that this notion of we've got other devices as well i think is important when you think about kind of where it's going and what we as developers need to start thinking about more and more and that's this notion that Data needs to be available wherever we want to use it. Yeah. And that's been something that I think Google understood a long time ago has been more difficult for them to help explain recently. 
but they're trying again and i think doing a better job at getting across to developers that you know okay if you you could store it on a phone that's fine but you still need to make it available from a desktop computer because that might be the better interface for it yeah um and now as we're talking audio devices and glass and so forth you know you want you still want access to that data from your your voice device on your desk in your car on your head mounted device yes. on your watch you you want to be able to do it wherever it makes the most sense and you can't just say okay i'm going to keep a copy of this data everywhere you've got to have better ways to synchronize and control that data yep and there are a lot of techniques to do it i mean the easiest one is something like you know uh the firestore database where you can store it protect it and it'll synchronize with all of these devices but that's pushing it off into the cloud how do you do that same sort of thing on your phone and we're starting yeah. to see those tools now but it requires a new way of thinking for mobile developers so it's a lot of mobile developers need to start thinking about okay uh how do i write something for both my phone and my watch and my head mounted display yep how do they're i write their companion apps yeah right well are they companion apps are they integrated in some way how do they how do yeah. they talk to each other how yeah. do we need them to talk to each other how do we you know um so yeah we well and more importantly what does it look like on each of those devices because it's going to be different we want to do the right tasks using the right device so these are things that as developers and designers we need to start thinking more about yeah and i'm sure we're going to be talking about that some more yeah no this is this is pretty cool it's got some good good topics i already like i kept finding myself thinking like well what about this or what about this but yeah i think um I think it's it's hitting towards a, a kind of a, an inflection point um, of where things could go. Yep, and it's going to be really exciting to see where other players in this market uh, start trying to do stuff and how they do yep. it and what what the implications are going to be. I think once Google starts saying, "Yeah, you can install a companion app on a phone and have everything work through the phone," you know, are we going to start seeing, you know, companies like Meta? trying to do the same sort of thing yeah you know what is and of course what is apple going to end up doing because yeah. <laughs> so who knows yeah. what apple is going to end up doing so lots of exciting stuff lots of exciting questions um but i'm really excited to see exactly what the the developer apis for this you know this this split program yeah this split app are going to look like. I'm really excited to to look at it and find out and play with it. Well, I'm I'm excited. Thanks for bringing this topic to uh, to our podcast today. I I learned some stuff and had some stuff to get excited about. Yeah, yeah. So you know, folks uh, folks know how passionate I am about glass. If you're interested in this, you can find me on Twitter. Find me on LinkedIn. I do my office hours every Wednesday, and you're always invited to come chat about that. Um, 
And we'd love to see your comments or thoughts in the comment section below. Uh, and if you do have questions, we'll talk about them there or we'll talk about them another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Hope you have a great week. You too.